Are you ready for the end of the world? Ah, ah, ah. This is your community spirit. The show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. You know what? Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit coming at you live, local, in your face every Friday morning at 10 a.m. here on WDBX 91.1 FM. My name is Tree Song. I will be your waiter today. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I will not be your waiter. I will be your radio host for the next half hour or so. Probably more like the next 26 minutes. And uh, as you may have noticed, Ord Energy Mon is not here at the controls today. Uh, he's off teaching renewable energy. So pretty soon there will be more people here in southern Illinois who uh, know all about solar power. That's an exciting prospect. In the meantime, while he's off, we've got plenty of things for you to learn about and know about here on Your Community Spirit. Uh, let's get started with a little bit of news. Washington's bike share is a capital idea. Ah, uh, see, so get it? Washington, D.C., capital? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so capital bike share uh, is the name of the program, and it's changing the way that... the Washington, D.C. thinks about transportation. It has the potential to profoundly change the way people see and experience the city. A recent essay by Casey Climes on Next American City talked about the radically transformative potential of bikes in an urban environment. And I like this quote here. Yes, the bicycle is a stunningly efficient machine of transportation, but in the city it is so much more. It is a thrilling tool of communication, an experiential device for the beauty and the ills of the urban context. One cannot turn a blind eye on the bicycle. They must acknowledge their community, all of it. Invite a motorist for a bike ride through your city, and you'll be cycling with an urbanist by the end of the day. Even the most eloquent of lectures about livable cities and sustainable design can't compete with the experience from atop a bicycle saddle. And I like that quote. It's... uh. I do a lot of walking, but bicycling is also, it, it gives you a similar experience of the city, but quicker. <laughs> and a lot of people who experience the city only by car or public transportation may not realize the connections between neighborhoods, uh, what some entire neighborhoods are like. And uh, so this, this new program in D.C. is so far the biggest bike-sharing system in the nation. Uh, they have about 1,100 bikes at 110 stations around the city. Uh, it's already exceeded expectations for the first year. Now, they have had a few problems, like how to balance where the bicycles are distributed and prevents uh, having docks that are full so you can't put your bike there. But for the most part, according to Chris Holbin, bike-sharing project manager for the District Department of Transportation, uh, the program seems to be uh, bucking the received wisdom that only Europe and Canada can have nice things like this. <laughs> there have been a little bit of theft and vandalism, but... Uh, they've apparently only been minor irritations. I guess, you know, when there's something accessible to people that they get to use for, for cheap, that's they're more likely to take care of it because they value it. And this isn't just something that's going on in D.C. Uh, well, here in, in southern Illinois, here in Carbondale, we have the uh, Saluki Cycles program. 
where you can rent out a bike for a while. Uh, other cities, like Minneapolis, has a big system. Denver has a system. And D.C.'s version is setting the table for Boston, which is set to have 600 bikes coming this summer. And New York, which will have a whopping 10,000 bikes scheduled for spring of 2012. It's a pretty exciting program. You just pay a few dollars if you're doing it on a daily basis, or you can get an annual subscription. And then you get a map of the uh, where all the bike docks are located. You just drive from one to the other and leave it at whichever one you happen on your trip at. It's exciting times. All right, let's see what other news we have for today. Etu pistachios, how climate change will mess with trail mix. What won't climate change affect? Well, cross trail mix and cherry pie off of that ever-shrinking list. It turns out that crisp apples, chewy almonds, ripe plums, and a host of other nuts and stone fruits might become much more costly to grow, or they might not be grown at all in some spots because the rising winter temperatures are changing uh, their growing cycle, according to a new study published in the peer-reviewed journal uh, PLOS-1. Now, the problem, that say researchers, is that the trees that produce these goodies need a certain number of hours at cold temperature, or winter chill, in order to blossom and produce maximally. The author's extensive climate change modeling shows achieving adequate winter chill will become increasingly more difficult in growing zones across the world, from South Africa to Southern Australia to California's Central Valley. Uh, the U.S. fruit and nut industry generates about $93 billion in income annually for those who are interested in the economic aspects. Now, this could mean lower crop yields unless growers either take costly measures to adapt to warmer winters or move their stock nor- northward, a forced migration that might not work in many cases, according to Nature Conservancy climate scientist Ivan Gervetz, a co-author on the study. Now, I found this story interesting. I, one reason I wanted to mention it is because a lot of people, one of the arguments I've heard people say related to climate change is, oh, it's going to be warmer. That means everybody's going to be happier, right? Uh, you know, happy, you know, shorter winters, you know, there's going to be less, less cold, less freezing. And number one, that's actually not true in all areas. And number two, there are some areas of the world that are plenty hot already. Thank you very much. <laughs> and number three, there are some, some crops, such as the ones mentioned here, that will be negatively affected by the change in temperature. Now, I found this really fascinating, is that, uh, you know, these trees have evolved in areas that freeze, and so they go dormant during the winter to protect themselves from frost damage. And they have an internal clock that lets them keep track of how much cold has occurred over the winter. So when it's been cold enough, they say, all right, so it must be almost the end of winter. We've had, you know, X number of cold days. I'm going to start flowering. So then if you take a a tree that has evolved in that environment and suddenly change the amount of warm days it has, well, it gets confused and it starts waiting to flower and never flowers. So, yeah, that's yet another challenge of climate change that we need to keep our eye on. Might be a good idea to just do what we can to mitigate the effects of climate change.
That's some nice music we have there in between the stories. It's from an album called Drum Medicine. Some nice drum music there. All right, let's see what other news we have today. Norway plans billion-dollar clean energy fund for the world's poor. What is it about these cold, frosty Scandinavians that makes them crazy ambitious when it comes to clean energy? First, it was Denmark's promise to go 100% renewable. Now their buddies in Norway want to launch a billion-dollar fund for building renewable energy in the developing world. That's a pretty exciting prospect. Norway has already pledged more than $500 million a year to stop deforestation in Indonesia, so they're probably for real when they say that they want this Energy Plus initiative to attract billions in investment from developed countries, all of it aimed at building solar, wind, and hydro in the developing world. Now, most of these developed countries have yet to figure out how they're going to scrape together the $100 billion in climate aid that they already pledged in 2009, and limping economies aren't helping the situation. But Norway is still at the forefront there, pledging their uh, billion-dollar worth of clean energy to fund the world's poor. Now, I find that exciting. You know, that's... We mentioned here last week on the show, actually, the idea that uh, we we spend all this money on war in order to fight other countries, in order to try to feel secure. But I've often wondered what would happen if we took even like a small portion of that money, if we took, say, a few billion dollars and spent a billion dollars on renewable energy for uh, the world, including the U.S., uh, spent another billion on health care for the U.S. and the world, just shaved a few billions off the top of the defense budget, waged a little bit less war, and started doing acts of goodwill for our own people and people of the world. That might be a more effective way of creating security for our nation. Let's see what we have today in other news. Got one more story here. Hmm. <laughs> this one's a funny one. We always try to include a little bit of humor here. Mushrooms make short work of dirty diapers. As a sustainability solution, cloth diapers were never fun. Even the most eco-minded have been known to quail in front of a pail of soiled nappies. But a team of researchers has come up with an excuse for switching back to disposable diapers they found that within two months, oyster mushrooms will consume 90% of a disposable diaper. Within four months, the entire thing is gone. Now the best part? The resulting mushrooms are safe to eat for anyone who can look past their origins. It's like a double sustainability rainbow. You get rid of that soiled diaper and you get food to eat. (laughs) If you're bold enough to eat that food. (laughs) Now I I like to mention this one both because it's kind of a funny story... Uh, and because I'm a big fan of exploring the different uh, ecological and health benefits of uh, researching mycology. There are all sorts of different mushrooms, fungi uh, out there that have medicinal benefits, ecological benefits. Uh, I know through Paul Stamets' work, I've learned a lot about these oyster mushrooms and their capacity for bioremediation. 
Um, it's not just dirty diapers that they can eat. They can help with cleaning up oil spills. They can help with uh, soaking up other forms of petrochemicals. And as it mentions in the article, they, they biologically process it and break it down into carbon and hydrogen and organic chemicals so that it's no longer uh, dangerous to humans. So we'll have more stories on that as we get the chance. Anytime I see a, a micro-related story, uh, I make sure to share it here on the radio. And also, I do want to point out, even though that article was saying, you know, well, maybe it's green to switch back to disposable diapers. Uh, it's only green if you manage to get those oyster mushrooms out there to eat those diapers for you. that's our news for today uh, we do have holidays and happenings coming up if you'd like to send news holidays or happenings our way here at your community spirit you can email me my email address is treesong at treesong.org hopefully easy to remember since my name is treesong alright we've got some uh, holidays coming up today is the 147th day of the year there are 218 days left in the year. Uh, we're, we're getting close to the middle there. We're making good progress on this year. Holidays for today. Uh, National Wig Out Day is today. It's also the anniversary of cellophane tape. That's pretty exciting. Holds our world together. We've also got the birthday of Vincent Price, the actor. He's famous especially for a lot of the horror movies he does, cheesy horror movies, and voiceovers. Alright, coming up on Saturday, we have International Jazz Day. Actually, today at noon, we're going to be playing some jazz here on WDBX, so if you want to get jazzed up for International Jazz Day, uh, your opportunity is almost at hand. We also have the anniversary of Amnesty International. Now, that's a pretty important one. Amnesty International does a lot of work, well, internationally, uh, to help ensure that prisoners, political prisoners, people wrongfully imprisoned, convicted, uh, persecuted, that they achieve their freedom. And being a big fan of freedom and all, I do appreciate the work of Amnesty International. Some other holidays coming up. On Sunday, it's Rural Life Sunday, or Soil Stewardship Sunday. So some good things you can do on Sunday is visit a farm if you know where a farm is and know uh, the farmer well enough to visit. 
you can also do things to take care of your soil. Uh, you can eat locally. That's one good thing to do. Uh, you can also f- work on a compost pile. Start a compost pile or uh, add stuff to it if you've already got one. It's a day to appreciate the soil. A lot of people who aren't familiar with ecology and agriculture, they look at the soil and say, oh, look, it's a bunch of dirt. You know, it's this inert thing that just sits there. But no, soil is a very complex living organism uh, full of other living organisms. So Sunday is a day to appreciate that fact. Sunday is also the UN International Day of United Nations Peacekeepers. It's the birthday of President John Fitzgerald Kennedy, You may have heard of him. He was the 35th president of the U.S. It's also the birthday of Patrick Henry. And it's the day of admission day of Wisconsin and ratification day of Rhode Island. So we admitted that Wisconsin was part of the U.S. at that point. And we ratified Rhode Island. Coming up on Monday is Loomis Day. Now this is one I had to look up because I didn't remember it, but... uh, He was a a guy back in the day who was trying to create uh, wireless communication. This was in a day when the telegraph was still in use, and he wanted to create a wireless version of the telegraph. Now, uh, his version of doing this involved flying two kites and trying to get the two kites to communicate to each other during a lightning storm, which he actually surprisingly had at least some mild degree of success with, but not enough to actually create a wireless telegraph. Tragically. But he was a visionary. He foresaw wireless communication. And so Monday is Loomis Day. Now Monday is also, as you may have heard by now, Memorial Day uh, here in the U.S. It's also Prayer for Peace Day in the U.S. And around the world, any day is a good day to pray for peace. It's the St. Joan of Arc Feast Day. It's also the anniversary of the first American daily newspaper published and the anniversary of the Lincoln Memorial. Tuesday is What You Think Upon Grows Day, so try to think encouraging, positive, uh, proactive thoughts. It's also World No Tobacco Day on Tuesday. Now, you know, I I believe in people's personal freedoms, so if you want to smoke tobacco, that is your right. Uh, I also have had uh, someone in my family pass away from cancer related to smoking tobacco. Well, you know, all the additives and such. So if you want encouragement to uh, celebrate World No Tobacco Day by quitting smoking, I'm all in favor of that. You know where to find me. Treesong at treesong.org. Otherwise, I suppose you can smoke your cigarettes and snub your nose at World No Tobacco Day. All right, we've got the anniversary of copyright law on Tuesday. I suppose a mixed blessing there. And the birthday of Walt Whitman, the poet. Wednesday is National Go Barefoot Day. I'll have to remember that. I've got these nice boots that I wear all the time, but I do love going barefoot, and this is great weather for it. Uh, So, National Go Barefoot Day on Wednesday. It's also Say Something Nice Day. And the birthday of Marilyn Monroe, the actress. Anniversary of CNN, and the anniversary of the Heimlich Maneuver. So, if you see someone uh, choking on uh, Wednesday... You can give them the Heimlich Maneuver in celebration of the holiday. Hopefully that won't happen, though. Alright, so Thursday is National Leave the Office Early Day. So uh, I don't know if your boss approves of that or not, but it's a day to celebrate it uh, one way or the other. Uh, It's also... I haven't looked up the origins of this one. This sounds funny. Yell fudge at Cobra's Day. 
in North America. Uh, I guess maybe it's a way of scaring the Cobras away. Also an exciting birthday, the birthday of Marquis de Sade, coming up on Thursday. If you have any holidays to send our way, treesong at treesong.org is the address to send them to. You can also send them to info at yourcommunityspirit.org. And Orr is pretty good about getting those to me when he's not available. All right, now let's get to some happenings. We live in a happening community. Some people say that it, it gets really quiet when the university lets out, but I don't really think that's the case. It's just that different things happen. We have, coming up, Rice and Spice, International Slow Food Dinner. Tonight, 6 p.m., Guy House Interfaith Center. Uh, this week, Melissa is leading regulars in a scrumptious early summer dinner. Uh, her cooking is always outstanding, and I have tasted it, so I can vouch for that. So don't miss out. You can come early to help get the cooking done in time, or stay later to help with the mountain of dishes. Once again, they get started over there, 6 p.m., Guy House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. Some other happenings we have. The Friday Night Fair. Now, I'm excited about these Friday Night Fairs. It's pretty fun. A new, a new summer event for downtown Carbondale. This fair features local, homegrown, and handmade products and services, plus free live music. It's basically over at the Town Square Pavilion. In and around it, they've got these booths with all these different uh, local exciting things going on. And then they've got music that comes in plays. Uh, this week's musical performance is by Wild Murphy and the New Year. Uh, this starts, the fun starts Friday tonight at 6 p.m. at the Town Square Pavilion, which is located at the corner of Illinois and Maine here in Carbondale. <laughs> Also, the campfire program, the Garden of the Gods tour. This is happening today at 4 p.m. at the main parking lot for the observation trail at the Garden of the Gods recreation area. You can enjoy a guided walk of Garden of the Gods observation trail, hear the details of the geologic story behind the beautiful and strange rock formations. Now, I'd especially recommend this if you haven't been out there yet. It's a beautiful area. For more information, you can call 618-253-7114. 
All right, and we've got a couple of our regularly scheduled happenings here, at least regularly scheduled during the proper season. The Farmer's Market. That happens every Saturday from 8 a.m. to noon in season. It's over at the West Town parking lot on the west side of town here in Carbondale, just west of the Murdale Shopping Center. Now, you want to get there early to get the best stuff. They've got all sorts of veggies, arts and crafts, wonderful local products. It's a festival, a celebration of all things local here in southern Illinois. So that's 8 a.m. to noon tomorrow morning at the West Town Mall parking lot. And then that goes until noon, and once that wraps up, they have the Vigil for Peace. That's at noon at the Town Square Pavilion on the other side of town. Well, it's more towards the center of town, actually, at the corner of Illinois and Maine in Carbondale. They are out there bearing witness to the cost of war and holding vigil in hopes for peace. Every Saturday at noon, Town Square Pavilion. All right, we'll sneak in one or two more happenings here. The Soil Chorus Chant and Song Circle. That happens Sundays at 3 p.m. Guy House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. Another happening I want to mention is that, uh, as we mentioned last week, I'm working on my new novel, Change, an urban fantasy novel about climate change. We talk a lot about climate change on this show, so if you want to see a fictional examination of that, you can go to treesong.org slash change and help that project come to fruition. Now, I'd like to mention one happening a little bit early here, but I want to give you a heads up to make sure you can make it out. It's uh, a show called Bullied, a film called Bullied. It's coming up uh, not this Monday, but next Monday, June 6th, 6.30 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center, room 103. Bullied will be shown by the Carbondale Human Relations Commission at the start of their meeting, It's a documentary film that features gay student Jamie Nabonzi in his experiences in school and his court case that made history. Now, I was actually bullied as a child myself, so any opportunity to raise awareness about bullying, I always share it here with you on the radio. For more information, you can contact Hugh Muldoon at 549-1051. Now, as usual, this has been a fun and exciting and informative Your Community Spirit for me, I hope you've enjoyed it uh, as much as I have, too. Uh, It's a little bit cloudy out there still, but it's pretty pleasant. So I hope you'll get out there, enjoy the weather, enjoy the time here in southern Illinois, or beyond if you're listening on the Internet. And we'll see you here next week on the radio.